0: Hello everyone. We are here today to continue our conversation with Dr. Michael Thomas, Jr. He's an AFC and accredited financial counselor and founder of Modem Solutions, where he says that money and wisdom are the building blocks to financial empowerment.
1: Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast, where we have conversations dedicated to faith, finances, and living the fulfilled life you were designed for. We are your hosts, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week, we focus on financial transformation in four phases so you can manage your money confidently, love life, and live abundantly. This is the blueprint so your financial situation doesn't pull your focus from your God-given ability to produce wealth. If you would like to receive the blueprint, go to www.mytfcoach.com forward slash blueprint. Again, that's www.mytfcoach.com forward slash blueprint. If you are building your financial future, you are in the right place. Subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Now let's get started.
0: Look, last week, he started a conversation on financial baseline mentality. It was so good that we could have just kept going on and on. It was full of self-discovery for me and freedom for both Wes and I. During the conversation and afterwards, I've just been taken with the truth and discovery I've made about myself. Just from looking internally and understanding why and how I make some of the decisions I do, I now see that I accomplish more when I recognize the growth, even small victories and small movements. When I celebrate them, I see that moving forward is really happening and I get encouraged and strengthened to keep going. I also feel free to not be so hard on myself because now I understand more of what is happening in my brain when I'm making these decisions. You know, I could listen to you all day. This is absolutely wonderful. You have said so much and and, and I have just as you say things, it brings other things to my mind and it helps me. You talked about capacity, you know, and mental health. And it just took me back to, I've had a history of mental health in my husband's family and the calls in the night, come and get this, it was a great uncle come and get him off the street and then you know you get into the court system to try and get some assistance and we won't even address what happens there because the bottom line is we couldn't do anything they wouldn't allow because he was in an episode where he was mm, rational and so he was able to answer the question and we couldn't do anything but yep. when I think about that, so yeah, you know, people started talking about mental health. They really may not understand unless they've lived it. Yeah. And I also think about some of the discovery calls that we have had with some of our clients. They know what they want to do. Yep. We know what they need to do. Yep. We can work with them. We show them how, mm-hmm. give them the methods, But I think they see or are concentrating on the finish line and they see the distance. Oh, man, I I got to pull back because I don't think I can really do. But it's helpful to hear this perspective because sometimes it's a little hard to understand why you would not get a person who would allow you to help and serve them. And you you also talked about um, studying yourself. We don't want to do that because we we really might discover how we truly are. Well,
2: there's hope. (laughs) (laughs) There's hope. Like
0: like when we talk
2: about God, God tells us to to come as we are. Like when He was sick, the tax yes. collectors and all the people yes. that the Sadducees yeah. and the Pharisees were like, Pharisees were like, why are you with them? He was like, yeah. because this is how you engage in relationship building and rapport building. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because when they change, I want them to actually change. Yes. Not be yes. coerced to change, not be shamed to change. Right. Yes. Be, any, I want them to, to have the type of relationship with me where once they leave what they've come from, they've actually mm-hmm. left it. Right, A lot of us get caught up in this illusion of movement. Jesus was very, I think, specific about his goal and his aim. He, I don't want yeah, like, yeah. like the illusion of you being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. He actually wanted you to. And if that means right. that he needed to endure you a little bit more where you were in order for that to happen, then so be it. Because he knew that once you came out of it, you were going to be like a Paul. right? Which actually, when we go back to this compound growth, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exponentiated the growth <laughs> yes. by having a moment, which was a moment of vulnerability with facing God, so to speak, and actually addressing baseline so that he can ultimately move forward and do everything that he did. Because he had a finish line mm-hmm. in mind, mm-hmm. but it was a baseline type of thing that happened with him. That actually wow. transformed him, and he exceedingly did anything that he ever would have imagined that he could have done with the initial finish line, which was to persecute and to like throw people into jail who were part of the
0: <laughs> right. And when you know when you talk about the compounding, that's so true as well because for me it wasn't running, but it's walking. And it now, yeah, I can eat very easily go out and walk four miles. It's just simple, but. I have people that say, you want how, you know, how often and how early? Well, it's easy. And I'm like, okay, set the clock for six o'clock. We got to get up. We got to go. <laughs> and when I don't do it, I feel like I need to get out of here. And so sometimes I'll get up and I'll get out and I'll go. But when I first started, it wasn't very easy. I'm like this is a half a mile. Isn't this enough? Can we, you know, but then you do a mile. And then a little longer and a little longer. And before you know it, you're right. It's compounding and you see the value and you just continue. Your finish line goes further and further out because you've seen yourself growing
2: and, and you're it, getting it, better. And you know what, uh, to, to your point, Willa, is that it causes for you to imagine new finish lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because the, the, the finish line that we're setting right now is based on our current capacity. Mm -hmm. right once that's
1: key that's a key key point point. yes
2: once we've identified that our capacity is actually greater than the finish line that i set for myself by just engaging in a process then that's just that then that's just a completely new world Mm -hmm. right because it's like man i've actually what i thought was great is no longer great (laughs) anymore right just like relationships or things like that like, there was probably somebody back in the day y'all thought was fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> and for, well, for all reasons. But yep. now, you, because of your maturity and then you're just kind of growing and all these, and we all do it, like, when you see people, you see their characteristics and their qualities so much more differently that you can't go back. Can't go back. And it's not even, and you're like, why would I want to knowing what I know Boy, now? Yeah. But your finish line was based on your current capacity and your limitations. And because we don't engage in baseline work, right. Which is just a foundational work of understanding self and study self and all these different things Mm -hmm. and not shaming oneself for being where you are, because this is the only place where you can start from. Yeah. This is your foundation. And the beauty is that regardless of where your foundation is, is if you get started that distance, that gap, that your brain can't perceive as being attainable, <laughs> because some becomes something that ultimately you do attain and you exceed. Because even conceptually, when we go back to like the compounding concept, mm-hmm. conceptually, people mathematically can't can't you can't rationalize it. Mm-hmm. You can't math. Mathemat- if I ask for you to look at, if I said if you. You know, set aside a $100 every month for, for 30 years, and um, the interest rate in which your money is compounding on is 7% a year, and you take that, you divide it by 12, you just go through this calculation. Once you start working through the calculation, you might be able to get a few payments in, but at a certain point in time, your brain actually can't comprehend mathematically what that even looks like. I can't hold it. And it literally, like with the work that you all do, what you were talking about, our work in this space is to see people through mm-hmm. to actually experience the compound growth.
1: Exactly. And
2: to actually pause and stop and yes. don't worry about finish line. To say that you've literally doubled your achievements. Yes. I don't care about what any I don't care about anything else you do right now. This <laughs> exactly. is something to be recognized. This is something to be celebrated. You yes. went not being able to walk. A, a, a lap to being able to run a mile. Right. And you did this in a month's time, if I were to ask you before we started, how long do you think it would take for you to achieve the goal, right?
1: Exactly. Some people
2: would say probably three months, probably four months, it'd take me forever. Because again, when we set these finish lines, we cannot accurately project timetables either, right? Yeah. So yes. once we get into the process of doing and have some people who partner with us, And help us to actually recognize our growth and how much we're actually growing. Then the process becomes about the growth and not the finish line, because I don't even know what your finish line is going to be after I'm done with you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm projecting what you all would say to a client, like you think that this is, these are your limitations. Once we get started and you actually commit to this process. You're going to set limitations, well, not limitations, expectations,
1: expectations, well
2: beyond anything you ever thought was possible. But yet we get stuck focusing on things, right. That aren't even the main thing (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be stuck for years Yes. until we realize that, Oh, I was frustrated about this (laughs) and I wasted (laughs) five years on this, right. Right. Some of us, it takes that, but then once we get started and we're consistent, then regardless of where you are, you can still experience exponential growth in your life Mm -hmm. and then for generations to come. That's why it's never too late to get started.
1: I I agree wholeheartedly about that. It is never too late. Yeah. Oh, wow. This has been great. This has been great. (laughs) And I, and I know that you've helped, um, all who are listening actually have a good framework and and a better perspective about just starting. Whatever that goal is, just starting. And like you say, be vulnerable with yourself to know, A, where you're coming from, why you're starting, where you are right now, your current capacity, so that you can then begin to implement small changes, small things, so that you can build yourself up to get to the finish line. Absolutely, and stop beating yourself up for thinking that you know it's too far. You're not going to reach it. You're not good enough. You're too ashamed. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love the perspective of understanding your baseline. And I, but that's so much. I think that that's
2: I think that that's faith. So and I, I want to bring that back to. Like this, the money stuff again. Like the money stuff, like it is, it it is what it is. We we have to navigate this, to navigate systems and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at the end of the day, uh, everything that I've talked about, literally, I, I can't say is 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 mine, right? Because I can go back and I can find a scripture or I can find oh. a word that's spoken yes. to. Every I just but because That's my right. brain is so oriented towards personal finances mm-hmm. and financial advising and all that good stuff, I just see the word of God in a slightly different way Absolutely. in terms <laughs> of how how we can then take these same principles and then just apply our, our faith walk to our financial wellness walk.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, but for me, it still comes back down to the to those core tenets mm-hmm. um, uh, about faith and, and, and trust and doing exactly what God calls us. A, wants for us to do is to basically just just humble ourselves and allow for him to shore up our weaknesses uh, so that we can grow into what it is that he wants for us to become because unless he can shore up our weaknesses we will sabotage any opportunity uh, that comes our way and and that's kind of like a baseline thinking that I need to understand where my weaknesses are before I enter into a relationship or marriage I need to understand where my shortcomings are mm-hmm. before I enter into a partnership in a business. I need to understand my limitations and my partner's limitations because otherwise, if I don't, we don't have a foundation to build and to grow upon. Right? Exactly. And it's and we again we we want to prompt ourselves up to actually act as if we are the person that's capable of achieving our future self. When the reality is that a lot of times that we aren't. And what I want to say is that that's okay. You can become that person, Yes. yes. but if you don't acknowledge that you aren't that person, then you're going to overlook the things that you need to become that person. Mm -hmm. And then we engage in this illusion of movement. We kind of get close. We don't, we kind of get close. We don't. One year turns into another. And then when it comes to our space, you all know this, Mm -hmm. you're, you're 10 years out from retirement. And now you're freaking out <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and what's unfortunate is that we also know that people freak out so much that they start engaging in risk-taking mm-hmm. that they should not engage in because of now this added pressure they place to themselves yes and yes. The, the marketers and all the people who are trying to sell people on how to get rich quick whatever it may be mm-hmm. like they're feasting right and we could actually avoid all of that by doing the one thing that's counterintuitive, like the 80-20 rule mm-hmm. is counterintuitive in our culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: We spend more time studying other people than we study ourselves. So actually, even this whole notion of studying self is counterintuitive. Because I need to study Kevin Hart, I need to study <laughs> Grant Cardone, I need to study, I need to study all these people. What these people don't understand what I've learned about success. And why you can't reduplicate somebody's success? Because if God has blessed and ordained that person with a special gift, characteristic, quality, whatever it may be, that's their gift. Yes. It sure is. We're, tra- sure we're is. trying to model other people's gifts, which is not acknowledging the gifts that God has gifted with us that yes. we already have the seed.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: but, the, but the lie is that we don't have the seed. And if I don't feel like I have the seed, why would I come down the baseline? Everything should be aspirational. Everything should be like everyone else and all these other different things. And that's just not, if there's anything that I can tell people, especially younger individuals is really tap into who you are because you are the asset. Yes. hundred percent. Nothing, everything else flows through you. There's nothing that's, on this computer right now. It's this computer and whoever created the technology, whatever it may be, right? They were the asset. They were the the thing that produced the value for us to even to begin to have this thing that we're speaking on right now. The chair that I'm sitting in, that desk. Like it just didn't magically happen. Someone else had this idea that somebody probably thought was crazy. A desk and a chair. Why would somebody want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like this bottle, somebody probably was labeled a witch for things. Right. <laughs> that's just the world that we live in so right. every step of the way we actually criticize people from authentically being who they are when that's exactly what they need to tap into yes and grow and have the self-awareness to actually achieve their goals but if we can't come down the baseline because of ego because of the lack of trust because of let's think about the african-american narrative historical context
0: mm, yeah
2: Right? We can't yes. even deal with our own emotional healing because we're still in bondage to the historical context of this country. And because of that, we're in this, this middle space where, as it relates to wealth creation, because we're not that's we're getting there, but looking at ourselves as a collective, as a community, as a source for our own growth and wealth creation, we're still actually giving. The powers that be power in in terms of toying around with the conversation of reparations. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I believe that reparations is a legitimate thing. I believe it's a legitimate argument. When I think about this stuff from a financial advisor standpoint and think about the compound growth of these lost wages and income and opportunity and land and all that good stuff, like I don't even think you can really put a number on that. (laughs) But my point is this though, if I keep waiting on that future thing, and I never address baseline to at least start to build the capacity to create and sustain my own wealth. Yes. What good would it be as a Black population, a Black community, if we don't engage in a process of developing the capacity and the ability to create and sustain wealth on our own? So if we were to receive, we could exponentially grow that. That's the right? word. Is that the, that is the <laughs> If somebody just gives it to me and I don't have the capacity for the yeah. gift or room for the gift, it's no longer a gift. It's bondage.
1: Right. You'll be like That's the right. uh, the servant in the parable of talents that hit it. Yes. He got the one and he hit it. Yeah. Because yes. he didn't know what to do with it.
2: Didn't know what to do with it. He Why? didn't know what
1: to do with it. He Unless was afraid. Online- I-, I might lose it. I might squander it. So the yep. best thing that I know to do, I'm just gonna hold on to it. And I'm not gonna do anything to try to make it better. And, and the whole thing was
2: i preserved it right right like, i, I right, bro, exactly god wanted you to multiply the exactly. gift that's what he gives it to us yes yes and so it's it's fascinating to me is that yeah. i don't want us as a community to be in a position where we receive the gift and we can't multiply it because yeah. we're afraid to address baseline and then just to do what we can where we are we're not going to close the wealth gap on our own like As we're building wealth, other people are building wealth. Other Mm -hmm. people are growing wealth. It's like, it's this, this is moving bar, Mm -hmm. but this is the thing though. If I'm just focused on the finish line, we're never gonna get there. But if we focus on baseline and say that average African-American wealth as of 2021 was $14,000, whatever it may be. And then because of your work and a lot of other people's work in this space, We get people to focus on, all right, we're going to address both ends of the, of the candle here, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to continue to advocate for all these other different things, but we're Mm -hmm. also going to equip you with the capability and ability and capacity to start creating your own wealth. And then, so let's say by 2031, that number goes from $14,000 a household to $75,000 a household, right? Yeah. The way all that... You see that that's a big win, but that's a baseline perspective. If I'm only focusing on the finish line, if my wealth now collectively African-American household is $75,000, which is, is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to continue to grow it and exponentiate it. But if I then compare that to the wealth of some other community, then we say, oh, then what are we really doing? And is it even worth it? Like, are we ever going to be able to close this gap? Why even put in all this? Like, that's the wrong perspective. Yep. Right, it's so I want to grow and actually create wealth and start to see the exponentiation of this happening. I feel, I honestly feel this wholeheartedly. If we were, if we can get this right, we are literally one generation away. We're, we, we are literally one generation away. I can see from that. actually transforming everything. I,
1: I can see that. I can see that. I can see and that because
2: if we do what we need to do, yes,
0: to help create legacy. then pass it on. They will learn from us and opportunity, that's right. And the opportunity that's going to be available to them, it just continues to grow. And we continue to, that number goes from 75 to 150
2: overnight. It's huge. And that's collective wealth of a community, right? On an individual household level. That's in part that means that we have more stable households mm-hmm. that means we have more probably more uh, households that are together that means that we have more capacity to actually engage with our communities we already know that for african-americans even if you engage in a wealth creation process if you're african-american and you buy a house or a home in a predominantly african-american community all things being held constant compared to a white counterpart uh, your home could be valued twenty to thirty percent less than your white condo.
1: Yes, correct. Right.
2: So there, so there are a lot down. of these factors that come into play. But this is my thing now. But if we were able to position ourselves to where we're actually able to build and sustain communities the way that we can, all right? Mm-hmm. Then that means that we create our own demand with our own communities. And if we create our own demand with our own communities, that means we have control of the value of our property and evaluation. So this is, so what I'm getting at is that like having like, like this big picture way of thinking and understanding that actually starting baseline instead of finish line, instead of focusing on what I can get and maybe thinking about how we can more potentially do this more effectively as a collective, right. And then to start bare minimum level. And then to realize that working as a collective and building as a community is actually going to be a far more effective strategy, not only to achieving a goal, but sustaining the goal, then cultivating those who are gonna come behind and then take that even further. I think right. there are just different ways that we can think about it. Now it's just more of a what I can do, right? Like I got out the hood, I I did this, <laughs> yeah. I did this. Like right. I, my uh, my wife's aunt lives in Prince George County, beautiful home, beautiful area. Black millionaires all over the place. But there's one thing that I struggle with is that there's no community. If I go to that, you see homes. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I can't walk down the street and say this is Mr. Chris's son right. who owns this bakery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't walk down the street to say this is Mrs. Jessica, Mr. Earl's, whatever's, you know, granddaughter, or so-and-so who has this financial accounting firm that they da-da-da-da-da. That's what I mean by community. I'm not yes, talking about yes. just buying a house, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like anybody, right? Well, the market's kind of where it is. <laughs> I but what I'm saying is that the full embracing of community is actually seeing our money and our resources actually flow into the vision and dreams of other people, exactly, and not just ourselves. Yes. Right. And because yes. we do that, then we create this flow and continuity and this trust that then exponentiates to the growth. Um, but we can't do that unless we deal with our hurts and vulnerabilities and stop chasing the carrot on the stick for this illusionary finish line that will never actually get us to joy, the contentment and satisfaction that we're all hoping for. And um, I know this only because I've lived a little bit longer than, than some. I've had a lot of experiences. I've hit my head against a wall. I've seen different communities had an opportunity to see behind the bell mm-hmm. and why certain things are successful and why other things aren't. Um, and that's culminating into the conversation that we're having now. Yes. 10 years ago, I'm not sure if I could have effectively have had this conversation with you, mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is that even my baseline has improved and because it's improved, the finish lines that I would have thought of years ago, now I look back and say, I thought that, that was good. <laughs> I really thought that that was good. That's what I said. Good job,
1: and Mike. You're like, and now you're here. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, one of those things job. is that, um, it, when you translate it or, or, or flip it to like dreaming, if you will, right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that my husband and I have achieved and we were like, wow, maybe, we, like you said, maybe we need to dream bigger. Was that, cause that was like a big, that was like a big thing that we wanted to do and we've yeah. done it now. Yeah, and so it's like, mm, you know, and so it's the same feeling. I, I get what you're saying. It's like I'm at the finish line. I need another finish line.
2: <laughs> but that's the thing. But you, but you don't know that when you start the journey, though. Yeah. Right. See, your the, your mindset's completely different now. Like the thing that you felt like it's going to take forever. Once you get there, you and you've learned the lessons that you needed to learn along the way. Yes. Now, not only do you have the thing, you have the capacity to sustain the thing.
1: Exactly. You have
2: the confidence to build upon what you have. Yes. The issue is when we skip steps and we get the thing we're dreaming for without developing the actual capacity to sustain it, there's nothing worse. Right. Oh. Because you waste all this time to do a thing and then you lose it all. Mm-hmm. And yes. then that's, an, then that's, an easy, that's an even more negative impact on the psyche and the mindset of an individual, some people can bounce back from that. My goal isn't just wealth creation, it's wealth sustainability.
1: Sustainability. sustainability. Like right.
2: anybody, like right now, there are a lot of ways to get the bag, but people don't know how to sustain the bag because they're chasing the carrot. Mm-hmm. And, and they chase another carrot because they feel like, well, I just didn't even get to write the right to carrot. And that's why okay. I don't feel fulfilled and content or I have joy or happiness, and right? You
0: know, and what, one, one of them, the
2: things- oh, wow, you realize that it's not even about the carrot anymore. Right.
0: No, it's not. Don't One it, of the things that you have
2: to deal with your baseline. I'm just saying, let's go ahead and knock it out the way now. Let's do it <laughs> later. Let's do it now.
0: I I think kind of like West, you, you you reach some of the things that you want to do. So now for my husband and I, now we can just live, but you also want to make sure that what you have amassed is sustainable and the goal now doesn't become for yourself it becomes for those that come behind you.
2: Absolutely. And that's um, beautiful.
0: Children, nieces, nephews, not only passing to them the uh, wealth, but also the knowledge and the understanding of how well, to get it, more important. how to sustain mm-hmm.
2: it. Yeah. That's yeah. more important. Every conversation I hear right now on social media is how I want to create a legacy. Like I want to I make sure that my kids have it easier than I had it, or I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I always say like, that's great, <laughs> that's but funny. if you don't develop their capacity that's right. to sustain the thing, it's gone in three years. Actually, there are several studies, and this is for all populations, that generally after three generations, and sometimes a lot sooner than that, the wealth is completely blown. And we don't have this conversation. So we, we're so focused on the front side of this, of this this of this mountain, because that's all we can see right now. And I completely get it. But you all know when you actually work in the financial planning space and somebody received an inheritance or life insurance money, I've seen life insurance money, hundreds of thousand dollars be gone at the end of the year.
1: Real yeah. fast.
2: And nice. you ask like, yo, like somebody's actually calling you up, asking for help. Right. No, and you're like- Been
1: there, I've seen it, yes. I'm like, yeah.
2: yo, you just, you just got a bag bag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, a bag bag.
2: And they're right. like, "It's like, it is gone. I'm like, what, what do you mean it's gone? Like it just got up and walked out the door. Mm-hmm. But that. But to your point, Willa, like the the knowledge piece, the appreciation and creating a culture of it is your responsibility. With, so I believe in something that's called intra and inter family wealth creation. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily this idea of generational wealth creation, because I think that the stigma is that one person needs to be the person to create the wealth and then everybody else gets the benefit from it. So this kind of goes back to this baseline approach as a family collectively. Yes. How are we all engaging in this process of wealth creation? So that not only can I think about my wealth position, but I can think about my family's wealth position, inter and intra-family wealth position as a collective. All the kids know when we get together and we have the family barbecue or we have the family reunion, we get everybody together and say, hey, this is what we are working on as a collective. As a collective, yes. It's your responsibility to carry this on. This is not a you get the choice of the matter because we've (laughs) all had to plant seeds. We've all had to do something so that you can enjoy the fruit that you're enjoying right now. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility eventually to enjoy some of this fruit but don't be so consumed with the fruit that you spit out and lack the recognition of the seed.
1: Yes. Exactly... Teach. Repeat that's that, please. Repeat that's that. That's <laughs> what we're doing
2: culturally is that we're literally fixating people on the fruit so much so that they just discard a seed and not realize that that's where the value is. Right? Yes. So developing the wealth piece is important, but creating family culture where if somebody comes and asks your child what is your responsibility as an adult if you were to receive inheritance it's to grow that as well and i only say this because i have that conversation with my boys all the time we literally talk about my boys know what well, my oldest does my my youngest they my oldest knows my wealth position he knows that if we are going if we decide to give him something and that's not a guarantee <laughs> Like, because I told him, I was like, I'm not going to transfer you any amount of wealth if you're going to blow it. I'm not. I'd rather give it to an organization. I'd rather give it to somebody who's going to do something with it to promote and advance maybe the kingdom of God or to do some work. Like wealth is a responsibility. It's not a gift necessarily. I want you to be able to enjoy the fruit of this, but I need you to understand that the fruit is not the main thing and it is your responsibility to grow it. So we, I'm constantly having that conversation, dude. We working on some stuff. I want to give it to you. I'm not, <laughs> not, I'm not sure you're ready.
1: Bro. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm gonna need you to increase your baseline. That's right. That's right. We
2: have the conversation. Right. What do you need to do to be ready?
1: That's right. Awesome,
2: right. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm planning how I want to grow this money effectively and how I'm going to manage my resources. And how i'm going to grow this for the next generation so like literally it's like the olympics and attract me mm-hmm. like this is a four by four an eight by eight a ten by ten a 12 generation 13 generation hey, if i that's pass right. this baton you can't just stop nope that's right because that's otherwise right. you don't need to be in a race and i'll put somebody else in <laughs> i'm being real real with y'all right?
0: <laughs> no
2: you are you all are, are telling
0: that's the absolute truth i have that's seen right. it I, it has been I've experienced it where there was a, let's just say it was a lot (laughs) and a lot of hard work. And then all of a sudden it was gone. Second generation, all gone. Like how did that happen? And then you begin to think about the work that was done to get all of this, these assets and to maintain them and to grow them. And then a loss of life occurs. And it's just, by. And you know, because of probably a lack of teaching and understanding and training, and and making sure that the kids knew.
2: And what I to will, do. I would even argue too that sometimes our the holes that we have in our spirit mm. are so deep that we feel. As if, if I can get said amount of thing, it can fill that hole. Mm-hmm. But That's a whole you know, nother pie that, that, episode. That, that, oh, sure oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> <it. So> when,
2: <laughs> when people spend money like that, yes. they have that type of access and they have these yeah. gate holes, yeah, you're literally flushing it down the toilet because yeah. it the money can't fill the hole. And then once it's all gone, then it's kind of like, well... I thought that this is what this was supposed to be like, cause that's what I see on social media. If I get the money, I get the freedom. If I get the money, I get the happiness and the joy and consent. if I get the money, I get a successful relationship. If I get the money, I have my friends are like, right. But that's not necessarily how this works. When you get the money and people know you got money, people look at you differently. Yeah. When you get the money, people and, and, and you have access, then you're going to, then people are going to start finding you to sell you things that you never even knew existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like those, right. Or the restaurants and the, like, it's, it's not necessarily the, the lifestyle creep of a thing is that you get access and exposure to things mm-hmm. that you yeah. never knew existed. But if you're not whole and you're feeling like having access to the stuff gives you that type of wholeness and freedom, then no. And I've actually come across people who said that, you know what? I felt like I had more money when I had less money.
0: Hmm.
2: And it like, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt more fulfilled. I felt more alive. I felt more this or that and when I had less, but unfortunately, unless you're listening to this, unless you follow you all or you follow me at modem or other people who actually do this work for real, for real. Mm-hmm. You don't get a chance to see behind the veil, and because we do what we do with privacy and confidentiality and all these other different things, it's not like I can go say, "Yeah, this person was real messed right,
1: up." Right, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> no. People get to go on about their lives and act yes. as if they never that they never had to see us. Mm-hmm. And then there, and then therein, people don't always clearly see the value because we do so much work in private. That's right. Yes. Right, That's and it's true. just a fascinating thing, and so much so that. We miss the mark. Or we don't advertise or promote the authentic voices of people who actually do this do this the right way yeah. to help people actually think right. more big picture and broadly about the limitations of money and the limitations of wealth unless you actually have established the capacity. Yes. Right. To be able to take on that gift and receive that gift. So this thing that should be a blessing doesn't become a burden.
1: That's right. And it is, it's, it takes deep soul work and, and spiritual work That's at the true. base of it, as the foundation of it. We are so glad you came and shared this with us today. This Absolutely. has been an awesome conversation. This is good. But
2: again, I just wanted to, again, take the time to just appreciate you all's voice uh, and the work that you're doing. We just thank
0: you so much for coming you here you. and Yeah, we could keep on talking.
1: (laughs) Thank you again.
2: Oh, this was awesome.
1: You have just listened to another episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. We truly hope you enjoyed it. We would love to connect with you on our social media pages, Instagram at MyTFCoach and on Facebook at MyTFCoach. Also, please don't forget to start your financial journey by downloading our free resource. Our 4 phase financial transformation blueprint is available at wwwmitfcoachcom forward slash blueprint. This starter guide will take you through each of the four phases of financial transformation to get you thinking about all the things that you need to do in each phase. If you have any questions or would like to connect with us, you could also book a focus session online at mytfcoach.com. Remember, manage your money confidently, love life, and live abundantly.